Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. The increase in collegiate university revenue 
overtime by school. Yeah, that's right. That's where we're at because it's June the 11th, people, and we're still waiting for sports to come back. Hi, how are you? It is Tutel and Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you on this Thursday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. We uh, also would like to welcome in the whole crew watching out there on SWX Montana Television statewide. Hi, great to be with you. Thanks for being right here with us. We uh, are also available on the World Wide Web, 102.9 ESPN.com. You go there, you listen live on the stream all the time 24 hours a day you can check in on what's going on on the radio station and obviously from four to six what's going on the radio station is this very show so you can listen live wherever you are thanks to opportunity bank your local bank your opportunity if you would like to pick up your phone and call us you can do that as well 361-3688-361-3688 all guests join us via the Regish brothers rv phone line Uh, Plenty to get to today. I make a little joke off the top, but it is actually a very interesting study. The finances as it pertains to the different uh, conferences in uh, uh, across the country, particularly the power five conferences, and then the schools break down thereby and the just dramatic increase of revenue that they have seen primarily because of television. Oh, since in in the last dozen or so years and projecting out over the next four or so. So we'll get into that a little bit and what that can mean. We also have some baseball stuff to get into. The draft was yesterday and today, the five rounds of the MLB draft. I don't care particularly about the draft and I would like to try and figure out why I don't care particularly about the draft and I think I'm not alone in not really caring about the draft all that much so we will go into that a little bit uh, and uh, and a few other uh, things uh, the Billings uh, Mustangs issuing a statement today uh, saying basically they don't plan on starting baseball on June 19th. Now, this doesn't seem like really news, but for the team itself to put it out there and kind of touch on a couple of reasons why and some other uh, maybe thoughts that maybe hadn't really circulated uh, too much yet. So June 19th supposed to have been opening day, right? A week from from tomorrow, basically, was supposed to be opening day in the Pioneer League. That obviously is not going to happen top of the hour excited about this our senior spotlight we've been doing this we started last week and uh, we go into week two now with abe johnston outstanding basketball player at hellgate high school Uh, he's going on to play at army going to go to west point to play basketball and you know so much of the last uh well four years of basketball at hellgate you know surrounded raleigh wooster and kind of what he was up to and uh, uh certainly going to utah state an outstanding player but abe johnston man what a what a great player in his own right and also talk about a complimentary guy i mean a, a big tall forward slash center kid with six eight whatever he is and and uh and a very talented player not you know used to be if you were just the tallest kid just stand in there and rebound the ball or whatever if you can but this is he's he's a great basketball talent and we're excited to have him in here and talk to him about the season and getting right to the championship game which i know again very disappointing but uh, also looking forward to going to West Point. I mean, my goodness, to get into Army, that is, that's impressive. And uh, and then, of course, to play basketball there. So we'll look forward to having in, him in here uh, to talk uh, with us as well. Maybe a little, uh, you know, state of Montana, double-A baseball. We'll see what we get. We have time to get to. So there you go. That's what we're looking at in the show today. Coulter. Nice to see you. Gus, I'm sorry you struggled with your allergies so bad. Okay. We do have to put a caveat on the front of this show. Okay. If you're watching on television, I'm blinking like just ceaselessly, and tears are forming at either eye. I'm I'm not I'm not crying out of sadness, at least not yet. 
if I start sneezing, if I start doing what Coulter does every single day, you'll know why. Because I just cannot. It, it like today was the day. You, I've been pretty good to this point. I do get allergies. I do take you know one of these once daily you know allergy pills. But today is the day for me, and I am. Uh, I'm fighting it big time. So I'll try and do my best to get through with all of you. And if all of a sudden I just, you know, it just cuts out and I mute myself, you'll know you'll know why. You'll know what's going on there. So I'll try and, try and get through one way or the other. I read that your allergies evolve like every seven years. You get new ones. Some of them go away. It's definitely happened to me. Do the do your allergies right evolve now, or stuff me, I, in the air evolve? Well, that's true, too. There's new pollens, new allergens, things like that. But... I mean, listen to me right now. I sound all stuffed up because of the allergies too. I'm 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 not dying as bad as you Do are you? today. But, oh, you uh, sounded great. I think I got the I think I got the the murder hornet pollen is what I oh, got man. today. Whew. Uh, Coulter set this up for us. You sent this over to me this morning. He said, "Hey, man, what do you think about this?" I said, "You know, this is interesting," and it's basically an analysis of the amount of money that each team gets by conference. Okay, so if you know the money revenue that is outside what the school does for itself, that the conference basically gets often primarily related to rights deals, is then divvied up equally between the schools. So if we go back to 2008, this is just an analysis of the Pac-10, Big Ten, and SEC. Okay, the 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 regional obviously conference in the Pac-12, and then what are probably the two biggest conferences. In general, in the SEC and Big Ten, certainly in football. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, 2008, 12 years ago, the pa- Wait, which was when this was when the the divide and the gap really started to be built, because this was when each of the conferences, on the heels of Texas starting the Longhorn Network, right. which was specifically and only Texas sports, conferences started saying, "Well, what if we just have." conference networks. now had they done it at this point pac-12 certainly hadn't done it at this point right no, so, this is, so in 2008 this was basically the tv revenue they were getting from like national right payouts. okay so and by the way 2008 it wasn't even the pac-12 it was the pac-10 1.2 million dollars per school was the revenue that was generated but for tv rights deals primarily for 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 football the big 10 double that 2.5 million the sec 3 million okay that's per school in 2016, eight years later, it was eight million. It's about seven times more uh, for the Pac. What was that then the Pac-12? 14 million for the Big Ten and 19 million for the SEC. This year, 2020, 20 million for the Pac-12. And this is for each member school. That's right, members. for each school. Yeah. 65 million per school for the Big Ten, 75 million for the SEC. So the SEC goes from 3 million 12 years ago per school to 75 million dollars per school. And it starts to reveal why there is the gap. I mean, the Pac-12 has not been able to keep up with teams from the Big Ten and the SEC when it comes to getting into the college football playoff. And so much of its resources that come from television. The other thing that is worth noting Not the other thing. One thing that strikes me in this, okay, is we sit here talking to our friends across the 406, right, Coulter, and across Mm -hmm. an FCS football landscape that has 63 scholarships to give a year and not 85. You and I, well, certainly I have been, I think you to some extent have been, you know, talking about the the, uh, NIL stuff, name, image, and likeness, 
players being able to create a uh, revenue off of their own images, their own signatures, the work at, uh, basically that they do. Uh, and if they have the, if they can find somebody, hire them to be a spokesperson, and then then they're able to make that money. When you talk about paying players, though, as such, the gap between we understand the gap between the Big Sky Conference in football teams if they were to play teams from the SEC, yep. teams from the Big Ten, it's huge. But you know what? It is. Also worth noting that if those schools were able to start paying their players, that gap would widen considerably, at least in terms of the certainty. Like, if you if you put the ability to pay a player combined with the ability to transfer, right? Which from the FCS to the to the FBS, you already can. There's that waiver in there because you're changing divisions, right? Is that right when you're... I know it is when you're going down. Is it true when you're going up to... Actually, that's not true. Okay. If you transfer up, you can actually still have to sit out because it's still Division One to Division yeah. One. It's only if you're going from D, D2 up or from D1 down to D2. Or when or you're going from 1A FBS to 1A. FBS to right? FCS. Okay. But in any case, if the waiver comes, which everybody expects it to, combined with the potential to pay players, the, the glory, if I may say, of the SCS in a lot of ways is being able to find the diamonds in the rough mm-hmm. and the skill of developing guys and the skill of proje- the, the scouting skill of projection. Right. Okay, if you're able to do that, then you can have guys who are legit FBS quality players on your team as juniors and seniors playing and winning football games because you did a good job as a staff, as a strength and conditioning program, all of that stuff together. That the 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 idea that these schools just become feeder schools for the bigger schools, and that's one worry about the the uh, the waiver going away or ha- the, the waiver being instituted. It's tenfold if paying players becomes in because no school in the FCS can afford to pay players in any substantial way, even if it was equitable, even if they say, "Hey, it's just you know." 5000 a semester or something like that. I mean, when you talk about the millions of dollars that that equates to over time, some schools make that in about four and a half hours on their primetime networks. Other schools, it accounts for a quarter of their budget or whatever. I mean, I'm making up the things. So it, that is one thing that strikes me because the dollars you're talking about here are just so massive. Yeah, and you can just make up the gap for all sorts of different things, whether it's full cost. You don't have to worry about how are we going to raise the money for things like full cost of attendance or for, you know. There's so many different elements that I don't think, especially at the very top level of FBS football, that don't get enough play. The NCAA passed a rule, I think, three years ago that, as we know, there's NCAA regulations on when coaches can be in contact with players. There's Open periods, closed periods. That's why spring ball, things like that are so essential. That's why we started talking so much about player-run practices in the summer, right? Because the coaches actually can't be there. There's not hours allotted. It's the same thing with men's basketball. There's different times. You can have eight hours a week to do individuals or you know 10 hours a week to be together. But so often the coaches, the actual assistant coaches can't be with the players. Neither can the head coach. They can communicate to a certain extent, but you can't do football-related activities. You can't do a chalk talk with guys you know, in mid-June, usually. The NCAA, though, passed a rule that there was no limitation on 
the amount of assistant strength coaches that Power 5 programs can have, and that those assistant strength coaches have no limitations on the amount they can be with the players. So at, at Alabama, for example, I mean, Nick Saban has multiple former FBS defensive coordinators that are, quote-unquote, the assistant strength coach for the linebackers, the assistant strength coach for the corners. The Alabama guys are working out with the head strength coach and his main staff, and then these guys are just extra coaches, and you know they're talking football the whole time. Those guys can also then be recruiters. There's no limiting in recruiting and stuff like that. So you can use all of this money to pay all of these people. I mean, the Power Fire programs, there's so many analysts. I mean, how, how many coaches have we seen, even just in the big sky, that have gotten fired or you know resigned or whatever, and they land on their feet? You know, Bob Stitt at Oklahoma State, Rob Ash at Arkansas. You just as a as an analyst, and you're getting paid as much as you were to be a head coach in the yeah. Big Sky Conference, right? Because they have to figure out a way. I mean, this is that's the other interesting part is that because these are these programs are trying to operate as close to a nonprofit as you possibly can, they're having to find ways to bury the money. I mean, I remember reading this article about the payroll at Tennessee, and you got guys that are like seventh in line as an athletic trainer or equipment assistant managers that are making almost as much as head coaches in the Big Sky Conference. Yeah. You know, making as much as defensive coordinators in the Big Sky. The amount of money is just so crazy, but I just think these numbers are so interesting because it shows, first of all, how this has helped the Power Five remove itself from the Group of Five and remove itself from the FCS completely. And we're talking about completely different worlds in, ter- in terms of the guaranteed you money you get for just existing. Yeah. But then you also see the gap between the conferences too. I mean, the fact that the PAC or the SEC used to make about two and a half times as much as the PAC 12. And now you're making almost four times as much as the PAC 12 in TV revenue. And by the time 2024 rolls around, you're making fully four times as much as the PAC 12. That that's crazy. And that's a gap that I just don't know how you make it up. And then the last step, by the way, all this stuff is from uh, the website, athletic director. U. it's pretty good. They analyze college athletics from this sort of perspective. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have podcasts and stuff like that. This was on a podcast that was talking about this stuff. But the other thing that's fascinating is when you look at the SEC numbers, even just the SEC numbers, since between 2008 and 2020, so 12 seasons, there's been more than $500 million worth of severance money paid out to coaches that have gotten fired. So that's the other place where now, if you have this much of a surplus, you don't have to worry about... Jim McElwain's four-year contract at Florida where he has an $8 million buyout. You just got it lying around. You can just, boom, pull the trigger. That's the other place where group of five and even high-level FCS schools get into. I mean, like right now at the University of Idaho, who knows what Paul Petrino's fate would have been, but he's on his FBS contract still. So he's the highest-paid head coach, I believe. Maybe Liberty is paying their head coach more, but besides maybe a couple private schools, Paul Petrino is the highest-paid FCS coach in the country. Idaho doesn't have the money to buy him out. They can't. Right. That's a non-factor when you have this sort of a surplus. And that's the other thing is so that it makes it so that you have really no risk in hiring anybody because you can sign, you know, Lane Kiffin up to the richest contract ever. It doesn't matter if he doesn't hack it or you get tired of him. Move along. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com business to learn more.
The other thing that I think is worth noting is the SEC network. It's its own, okay, television station. We get that. But also it is, and I don't know the ins and outs of it, but essentially it is it is one of the platforms of ESPN. Whereas the Pac-12 network is just its own network. Like they just have to, they, you know, they got their own channel and I, I presume their own agreements with, you know, the, the, the satellite television services and the cable services and so on. Whereas the SEC network is in some way affiliated and my guess is negotiated with the power of ESPN with them yeah. when it comes to both the number of homes that they appear in and the amount of money that they receive from it. And that is why the SEC in these figures is so much higher than is the Pac-12. The one that's remarkable to me is the Big Ten because the Big Ten is also solo dolo, right? I mean, they're out there not associated with ESPN or Fox or any other, you know, uh, 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 major media company, and they're still 65 million per school, 75 million sure. or 78 million projected in 2024. The other thing worth noting too is these are not just just from the the conference networks. This also includes the national TV money. It's all. It's all. And that's of the it. other thing you see is that e- even when the Pac-12 gets national games, it's always on ESPN, so it's on cable. Mm-hmm. Because it's usually Pac-12 after dark, right? It's very rare that you get Oregon, Washington, unless it's the Apple Cup or you know the Civil War, one of the yeah. in-state rivalries, the big game, you know Stanford and Cal. Right. Other than that, I mean, but you you turn on the college football, you just go through CBS, NBC, and and ABC, and it's Alabama or Auburn well, or Ohio I mean, State or Penn State. CBS or Michigan. has the SEC game of the week. Right. It is their feature college football right. product that they have period totally and then nbc has notre dame right and, and that that's right NBC and who, has does, notre and who dame. does abc have then the big 10 always had they always play yeah, big 10 and, games and, right and uh, there's always big 10 games and, and and various others slip in there but you're right this is from all that the thing that this doesn't show of course is the school's revenue on their own for what they do which in most of these schools is far higher than these figures that we're looking oh, at certainly um, but it does show, to me, this shows a couple of things. First of all, like you said, I mean, the, the disparity, the, the, wealth, the super wealthy and the just wealthy. It also shows the demand, right? I mean, I think that part of this is that CBS knows that, you know, even if it's Tennessee, Arkansas, you know, they are going to, they're going to get ratings Man, on Saturday afternoon when they put that game in the you know the two o'clock window or whatever it is, and it's not clear that you know if Utah plays Colorado that you're gonna do. I mean, you you probably don't do a fifth of that. You know, probably don't do a fifth of it in terms of uh, uh, of demand. So that's just sort of what you know, just kind of where you're at, and that's also why the banner schools like Oregon, like Washington, like what is supposed to be USC, hurts the Pac-12, man. Like, you, we talk about football being down, but it's very, it's all tied together, you know? When 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 you have, like, Oregon State is never carrying the banner for the Pac-12, and if they are, you're in trouble, you know? Arizona's, Arizona, no, man, it, not in football. It ain't happening. And that's why I wanted to talk about this, because I just think it reveals what I'm always trying to say, and that is that, it's not even that there's just worse football players or worse football coaches in the West. It's just not possible to keep up without the resources. Mm-hmm. You, you just don't have as many people 
on the West Coast that are as interested in college football as you do in the South. That's just objectively true. People are obsessed with football in the South, just right. like they are in Montana. You have the Montana-Montana State situation where you got the biggest show in town, except for it's Alabama and Auburn, yeah. where there's no pro teams in the state. You know, you're talking 100,000 people in the stadium, plus you know, millions watching around the region and the right. country. And so every single element of it contributes to then the gap. And I just I wonder what's going to happen because early on in the college football playoff, we saw a, a few teams from not the SEC, the Big Ten, and Clemson yeah. get a, a seat at the table. But who else from the ACC is ever going to get a seat at the table besides Clemson? I don't know how you get there. Who else from the Big 12 besides Oklahoma is well, going to sit at the what, table? What What is a seat at the table? What seat and what table? I mean, to even like, what are you ch- talking about? I mean, I'm talking like Oregon, Washington. There's so many schools that they don't they 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 could go 12 and 0 and not really be in the mix if the better teams from the SEC and the Big 10 and Clemson are thriving still. In the mix for what? A playoff bid. Well, the issue isn't any. It's not any of this. You need to expand the playoff. That's it. That there will never be a seat at the table for almost all the teams as long as there's only four t four chairs at the table. We'll say there was eight or twelve, and then, then Washington you would guarantee we're, we're getting in back twelve teams. But going. What if there's getting in and losing, and the gap still remains the same? Well, if you're getting in and losing, so what? I mean, that's the point to get in, and somebody's going to lose, right? But if the extra game is just so that Georgia can blow out Washington, that just seems. Uh, I don't know. It, it just seems less than thrilling. Presuming the outcome before the game is played seems less than thrilling. It's true. There's also some schools that if they could get it rolling at a higher level that could. I mean, even though the Pac-12 itself isn't there with the Big Ten or the SEC yet, Oregon could be. Like Oregon's best teams we're in the mix. They, I mean, Oregon has played in the national championship. They, they do have the internal. And, and so as well, I mean, Washington has already Washington been in it, the yep, playoff yep, as true. well. And you know, the other one that would really have an impact, and they haven't had any excuses for a really long time, is Texas. I mean, Texas has all the resources. Yes, they do. I mean, you talk about the SEC making ninety-five million, projecting twenty twenty-four off TV revenue. I think Texas makes $100 million on their own network. I mean, they're making more than a conference. Here's what we're going to do, okay, Coulter? Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but sometime here soon. I want you to give me all the jobs, all the college football either jobs, whether it's coaching or just, just programs that today, right now, 2020, are Tier 1 college football programs. And we're talking about FBS, National Championship Power type of D1 programs. Because... I want to go through. I, I I don't have an. I don't have this list made up. I'm not presupposing anything. I was just thinking about this, you know, over the last day or two. Mm-hmm. And there are schools like, for instance, Michigan, where on one hand, will you go? Well, yeah, Michigan is a tier one school and football sure. team, and they may be right. But also, are they? Because they're clearly. Not in the same they're they are right now and haven't been in the same conversation as Ohio State. Or Penn State. Or Ohio State. You know, and so even though they and part of it is how you're going to judge it. Is it just going to be on success? Is it going to be based on resources? Is it going to be based on I, I don't know what. But I think it would be an interesting analysis, and I would be interested to know how many teams you put down as tier one teams and how many teams I put down as tier one teams, and then where where that 
where that rub is. The other problem is, is how do you define it? And maybe that's not the problem. Maybe that's the fun of it is saying, well, right. these are my criteria. These are the things that I prioritize. And that's why it's t- these teams over, over here as opposed to this list on this side. And you have to wonder how much of this has impacted it and how much of independent decisions and bad decisions and controversy has impacted the fall of schools like USC. Mm-hmm. I mean, USC is the team with all the, the, the program with all the tradition in the Pac-12. That They're the ones that are supposed to be in the mix with Alabama and Georgia and Clemson and, right. and Ohio State. Yep. But they haven't been. No. That hurts the league. I mean, the league is, the Pac-12 would be at its best if Washington, Oregon, Utah were fighting for the second spot behind SC. Absolutely, man. I mean, the, 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 the separation uh, of the North and the South in the PAC, since they went to a PAC 12 model and you have the six teams, it should, it should always be SEC versus either the Huskies or the Ducks. Like that should just be your PAC 12 championship game when it's Stanford versus Utah. Right. You know, and, and, this, and this is why I would, I would, there's no way to really define it, but I would just love an analysis of the, of the actual money like since Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State started generating these just outlandish revenue numbers, how much has that coincided then with programs like Virginia Tech, who used to be in the mix all the time and have not really been in the mix? USC, you know, Stanford even. Those teams should be but aren't. And I just wonder, I, there's no way to really truly define it, but I, I wonder how much of it just truly is money. It yeah. just truly is resources. It's a good question. Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. We'll take a quick break. On the other side, we got a, a pretty, I hope it's an interesting conversation about baseball. Why do we care so much less about the baseball draft than we do about the NBA and NFL? I think it might sound like it, the answer is obvious but not so fast. I think there may be more to talk about there. Top of the hour, Abe Johnston. It's our senior spotlight. Hellgate basketball player headed to Army to play ball. He'll join us at 5 o'clock. Stick around for all of it. Hey, Kurtz Polaris there at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula and Highway 83 in Sealy. The weather is warming up, and it is time to get your dirt biking, off-roading, and on-laking activities to a maximum with Kurtz Polaris. Beta and Husqvarna dirt bikes, they're the tops in the industry, brand new for the season at Kurtz. You can also get yourself into a hard-working Ranger or the fast, functional, super fun Razor. Okay, go, go, what is it, like dune bugging? Yeah, that's right, there in the Razor, the Polaris side-by-sides, best as you can get. And also, if you're looking for a little time on the lake, float around, maybe throw your, uh, your hook in the water. How about a pontoon boat? That sounds pretty good. Crest pontoon boats. They are also at Kurtz Polaris. Summer, the way you've always envisioned with Kurtz Polaris, online at KurtzPolaris.com. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right, golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high-quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. 
Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends, watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they're talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Then I'm going to test that theory with Poulter Nuanas. To tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Welcome back. At Gus Tutel on Twitter, at 1029 ESPN, and at Skyline Sports MT. Uh, the uh, Major League Baseball draft culture is ongoing. We just talked about it in the news. It's only five rounds, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, it's fine. I really don't care about the draft. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, this may not be that big a deal or seem like that big a deal, or maybe it just seems too obvious. There's really two drafts that I think people care about, and it's very clearly number one and number two. The number one is the NFL draft, and then the number two is the NBA draft. Uh-huh. And if you're into hockey like that, you know, you're into the NHL draft, but most people are not. But here's the thing. I think a lot of people are into baseball, especially regionally, and still don't care about the Major League Baseball draft. And... I will list for you the obvious reasons that I think are certainly not, it's not that these aren't real, but that I think people don't care. First, they don't know who the players are. They haven't seen them play, you know, college baseball for reasons that I'm still a little unclear of, but is is just nothing on the radar of availability, of uh, viewership that obviously college basketball and college football are. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not even... It's not even the big and the small. It's the all and the nothing. I mean, when you talk about, like, okay, maybe the Collegiate World Series and you get in, you see, you know, a Vanderbilt, Oregon State, or whatever it might be, but that is it. So you don't know who these players are, even the guys that aren't taken right out of high school. But I would I would just address I think that's part of it, though, because so many of the best players don't go to college. That's why Major League Baseball is not. Not only do some of the best players not go to college, but many of the best players that do go to college go to non four-year school so they can come out early as well well you can't i mean and it's also a distinctly different sport too just because of the bats i mean all i know is that the 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 five the top five picks in this draft are all named universe name university schools well that's interesting vanderbilt texas a&m that's interesting too because that i think that's very indicative of what, what we also saw in the nfl draft was you take way more of the safe picks so many more power yeah. five guys went than ever before in the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same thing here. You had a chance to scout these guys at a much higher level. What scouting was being done in March and April leading up to this draft of high school kids? Probably not a lot because you couldn't travel. Well, you couldn't travel and they weren't playing. Right. So none. But, yeah, so so I understand that. But also, even – here's the other thing, though, okay? Yes – Many of the NFL players you do know and are familiar with, okay? But you know what? I bet you there's a whole lot of guys that people are not familiar with, and they're still watching the draft. I mean, there's plenty of guys taking. I got no idea who this guy is, some some offensive tackle out of, you know, 
UAB in Birmingham, and I'm like, well, I, I never heard of this guy, but there he is at number 12 or whatever. And you go, sure. okay. But there's enough guys that you do know who it is that you go, okay, you stick around. But I would also argue this. Now, the one-and-done rule, as it has, has upped this quotient considerably. But there are a bunch of NBA players in the draft that I don't know who they are. Sure. Zion Williamson, okay. JT Barrett, sure. But you talk about the international players. Like, when – when when Jokic comes over and is the revelation that he is in the NBA, and he had all the hype about it, like everybody said, this kid is going to be great, and you go, okay, I believe you, but I've never seen him. I don't know who he is. He won the MVP of the league at at 18 in, in Spain or whatever. Okay. You're sorry, Doncic, not Jokic. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Doncic. Doncic, Luka Doncic. Yeah. Well, all, all of them. Sure. I mean, you go, okay, this guy, I, I, I bet he's going to be very good. Yeah. But... You know, I I've never I've never heard of this guy. All the high school kids, maybe you've heard of them because they're phenoms in high school, but it's not like you're sitting there going, "Oh yeah, man, this, this is my favorite player, this kid here out of, you know, such and such prep." So, I think there's a I think the idea that you don't know who the players is is actually not the most important thing. You want to know what I think is the most important thing? What's that? That baseball as such is not a team game. Football, when you, whether you know who the player is or not, when they go safety, you go, oh, gosh, good. We needed one. Or when they go safety, you go, are you kidding me? We got three all-pro safety. We don't need a safety. We don't need a quarterback. We got Aaron Rodgers, you morons. Get me a wide receiver, right? That's what you're screaming at your television, regardless of what you do or don't know about Jordan Love at all. Basketball, much the same thing, right? When you draft a guy, they can tell you right away, here's how this 6'9", you know, shooting three guard is going to work with your basketball team and how he's going to play with the point guard that you got and with the, you know, the other role players that are there and why this is a great or horrendous pick or whatever, and it makes sense. No one, no one blames Mike Trout that the Angels stink. You know why? Because Mike Trout is out there killing it every single day, and they still lose. And so you blame the manager and more the general manager that they can't figure it out and put the pieces around him. And when these kids come in, you go, okay, well, you're a great pitcher. And, yes, that plays into – you can say, well, we need a starting pitcher. But at the end of the day, it's just like, okay, well, it's a piece. I guess we'll see how it works out. And also the projections three, four years out. Well, also, Major League Baseball has a minor league system, which gives you a chance to develop at a much higher level, but it also gives guys a chance to flame out at a much higher level as well, whether it's just from a slump or not being able to hack it or from an injury or whatever it might be. This is where you're 100% right, because you know what is more akin to the basketball and NFL drafts? Guys getting called up from AAA. Right, exactly. All the teams, like if you follow your team, if you if you love the Mariners, you know what's happening in Tacoma no, no with doubt. the Rainiers. No and doubt. you know the prospects and you've watched them play. And when it's like, oh, finally, so-and-so is getting a shot. I can't wait to see what he does in the bigs. Then it matters. These kids who are coming in and going to, you know, Hampton or whatever, you go, well, you know, let me t- talk to me in 2025 and let's see where we're at. In your lifetime... There's only been two number one overall picks in the Major League Baseball draft that have gone on to the Hall of Fame. Can you name those? Oh, certainly not. Ken Griffey Jr. and Chipper Jones. Okay. I have heard of them. But the number one overall pick, I mean, Alex Rodriguez, has he had a Hall of Fame career, even though he's he's kind of blackballed out of the Hall of Fame. 
there's been other good guys. I mean, Josh Hamilton, Adrian Gonzalez, Joe Maurer, those guys are all all-stars. David Price, Steven Strasburg, Garrett Cole, good. But then we've also had a whole bunch of Bob Horners, you know, who? Like Ben McDonald, Brian Taylor, Chris Benson, Matt mm-hmm. Anderson. You, you, the other thing is because usually there's so many rounds in the Major League Baseball draft. 40. You're talking about you can get such high-level guys, and it all depends on how they develop as well or how they fit. or what. I mean, there's so many different factors that go into it. But I'm looking at draft classes that had multiple Hall of Famers. 1976, that draft class had four Hall of Famers, Alan Trammell, Jack Morris, uh, Ricky Henderson, and Wade Boggs. But you're getting Ricky Henderson in the seventh round. You're getting Wade Boggs in the 23rd I round. Mean, I I don't think you can – the projection of Hall of Famer is just insane. There, there's no, so much is, more that goes – but, but projecting of all-star – or sure. of, you know, here's what you want. But, but there's a top of the rotation starter, right? If sure. you can get that, you're thrilled. Baseball is so much different than the than all the other pro sports because if you hit, it's like getting the yips in golf. If you get to the point in baseball where you just, you get in a slump that you cannot break, it can end your career. Yes. If you're just in the, you get to, you get elevated to AAA, everything's going great. And then you just don't hit for six weeks. And then you're just beating yourself up. You're beating yourself up. And then all of a sudden, it could just be over for you. That could be the first tour. And that happens to so mm-hmm. many minor that's league right. guys. And it's, it has nothing to do with anything besides their mentality. And that's where it's so much different. But also having a minor league system, it gives the pro organization so much less chance to fail because the guy is going to be ready when he gets called up to the show. But also gives the prospects so many more chances to fail. We've seen that so often as well. A lot of times, too, when you're a top draft pick, you're going to have you're going to get way less pitches to hit. The bullpen's going to be making a move, you know, in the seventh thing to make sure that you, they're they're bringing a pitcher that's hard for you. You just have way more of a bullseye on your back as well, especially as an offensive player. I don't know anything about this stuff, okay? But this is my impression. If in the top five rounds, okay, your first five picks of the Major League Baseball draft, if you drafted two guys a year, who made it into your starting rotation as regular players, okay? Presumably every day, but at least the, you know that are that are that are say 130 game a year uh, type of guys. You would be I think overwhelmingly happy with that 40% of your top 5 picks, you know? Right. If you hit on the 23rd round, then thank goodness. But you, in the in the later rounds, you are drafting so that you have players for the guys you want to be good to right. play against when they're playing baseball totally. in the minors. Totally. Right? And to develop that stuff. That's what they're there for. But it is the odds, even, even in the top five, even in the top draft rounds in the Major League Baseball, of you going on to become a even an everyday starter to say nothing of like a name brand player like a guy who people know is just it's just against you i mean it is way way against you even at that level you mentioned that you don't know a lot of players in the nba draft and that's the other thing about the nba draft is that out of a draft out of 60 players that are drafted less than half those guys are even going to make the team because the roster the active roster in the nba is only 12 players big that's right only about a third of the guys that are drafted even break in on an active roster and then of those 20 out of 60 that actually do break in on an active roster only like 10 or 12 are going to actually be contributors in the rotation or have any chance to be good. But it's also where, I mean, we talk, the guys that have been big busts in the NBA, whether it was, you know, like Michael Olawa Candy or Kwame Brown or, you know, Anthony Bennett, 
those guys are so few and far between. Like the number one overall pick in the NBA draft is almost like surefire going to be an all-star, and he has like a 50% chance of being a Hall of Famer. Just since the merger in 1976, 14 number one overall picks were first ballot Hall of Famers. Another 17 guys were multiple-time all-stars. So you're talking like if you're the number one pick, that's 34 out of the last 45 number one overall picks. The basement is an all-star. Yeah, and that that's a lot. It doesn't surprise me, though, that much because if you consider this, we understand baseball has double the number of players, but that's on one team. You're fielding six teams, right. in, you know, if you're basically between five and eight teams. If you're if you're a baseball franchise, uh, well, up until this point, which of course that number is going to drop. But um, and then football, it, it's 50, so I guess the point is is like okay, you know, your number of all stars is well, yeah. It also is a function of the sport, isn't it? I mean, it's a function of like there's certain guys who just they just have they they have an ability that nobody else has. It's amazing, man. Like when we talk about how much better professional athletes are than just your average shows. I mean, they made TV shows out of this too. Right. But it's also crazy to think about professional basketball players or whatever sport, but basketball players, let's say, that go. I have no idea how this guy does what he does. Right. They're like, wait, wait, you've done this your whole life. You've only ever been the best player. You've only, you were drafted into the NBA and you sure. are making 30 millions of dollars, $30 million for the next three years to do this. And you go, I'm not even in the same breath and word sure. with my teammate over here. Who's doing this. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the level that these, that these guys are at. And that's why the top of the NBA draft, that's why you're trading four first round picks. So to get one number three overall, well, right? I mean, some of it is, is based on genetics too. Well, right. I mean, there's, there's been what, like, I mean, how many people have ever been born with David Robinson's specs? You know, I mean, just seven feet. Two Hopefully, six. no one. I mean, all I'm saying is like seven feet two sixty. Who and you can run like that, and you're that fit. That'd I mean, a tough that pregnancy. is one in a hundred million humans, right? In terms of his genetic gifts that he was just born with. Yeah, like Dwight Howard. You, you mean there's there's less than a hundred people alive on the earth that look like that. The thing that's crazy though to me, David Robinson is in here, but I even more like Carl Malone and. Akeem Olajuwon, mm-hmm. to have the stature that they had. Obviously, Malone is 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 a god, physically speaking. But how, how tall is Hakeem? Seven, 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 seven feet, one, probably. Seven one. The, the ability to have the skills yeah, that one. they have to shoot the, that 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 absolutely can't miss fadeaway baseline jump shot that Akeem just drilled. Time in and time out can't be defended. That's it. It's going in. It's 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 crazy. Well, I mean, Hakeem Olajuwon is actually truly a one of a kind. I mean, he he right. Th- th- it, we will never again see a seven foot one human that does not get addressed by a basketball coach until he's seventeen years old. They'll they'll find you no matter what. The fact that he was in Nigeria, completely isolated, and he did not touch a basketball until he's seventeen years old, but he had soccer footwork, and then they give him the basketball. And he moves around like he's 6'2". Yeah. I I guess the point is this. Dwight Howard, that's how a guy that looks like Dwight Howard should shoot a free throw. That <laughs> makes sense. What doesn't make sense are guys that look like Dwight Howard and go up there and go 85%. That's the crazy part. Sure, no doubt. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick break. Speaking of baseball, where are we at 
with minor league baseball, particularly the Pioneer League, the Billings Mustangs gave an update uh, on the social media. So we'll tell you about that here in just a moment. Hey, summer is here. Get out of the house and go play some golf. How about at the picturesque Canyon River Golf Club? Canyon River has a pristine 18-hole championship course sitting along the Clark Fork River in the beautiful mountain valleys of East Missoula. Spectacular setting. The course is put together beautifully. It is in absolutely outstanding shape this year. You got to get out there. Visit CanyonRiverGolfClub.com to book your tee time online, and you can save a bunch of money doing it online all season long. They're still doing uh, uh, some some uh, social distancing out there, uh, so they got you all set up for touchless uh, transactions, both in terms of uh, uh, paying for your round and keys are already in the carts and all that kind of stuff. So it's very easy. But you've been cooped up. We all have. Get outside. Go play some golf. Go to Canyon River Golf Club online, canyonrivergolfclub.com. Make your tee time right now. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Boys and girls, two tell new honors, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Good to be with you at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN and at Skyline Sports MT on Twitter. Go ahead and track us down. You can also watch two tell new honors on YouTube. How about that? Huh? The YouTube channel? It's a pretty good, pretty slick deal, that thing. Uh, Coulter, officially the uh, uh, Billings Mustangs have put out a statement. Um, regarding sort of an update, I guess, on where we're at with starting the Pioneer League, at least from their you know organization's perspective. So I'm just going to read this to you um, that they put up on their Facebook page uh, originally, okay? Uh, quote, unfortunately, due to the difficulties and many logistical challenges resulting from COVID-19, it is highly unlikely that the Mustangs 2020 season will be begin as originally scheduled on June 19th. The minor league season was suspended in early April and will continue to be suspended until such time that professional baseball announces a start date or officially cancels the season entirely. While we remain hopeful of a season in one form or another, we cannot ignore the reality of the situation and how difficult it will be for Major League Baseball to assemble players and coaching staffs for the 160 minor league clubs located throughout the country. We will continue providing updates as we receive information and announcements from professional baseball regarding the season. A couple things here that I find interesting. Um, when they say we... we cannot ignore the reality of the situation on how difficult it will be for Major League Baseball to assemble the players and coaching staffs of the 160 clubs located throughout the country. Okay, like they're having their draft right now. It's going to be a free agent frenzy because there's only five rounds of the draft. They're going to get all these players, this influx of players, and they got to send them out to their various farm systems. Okay, we understand that that 
has to happen. It has to happen every single year, and it's a very, very difficult situation to try and figure out how to do that this year, okay? So we get all that. That said, the coaches, I mean, the Paddleheads had their coaches for this year in place weeks ago. Right. So I would think that, you know, certainly everything can change at this point. So, you know, maybe there's stuff going on I don't know about, but I would think that by and large, the minor league teams would be set up at least from that standpoint of who's going to be running the team, what coaches are going to be their managers, and so on. The other thing is, the fact that minor league baseball has to wait for major league baseball to actually start playing, like major league baseball has to be the thing that gets it going, uh, is pretty, you know, is is interesting. We've known that for a long, long while. Matt Ellis of the Paddleheads told us uh, that a couple of months ago. Rob Manfred went on SportsCenter last night and said he is certain, he's unequivocally certain there will be a baseball season this season one way or another. They want there to be more games and less, unless they're the owners, in which they want less games than more, but nonetheless there is going to be a season. What that will mean for short rookie A baseball and all that kind of thing, I don't know, but that is going to happen, and then you can presumably get going with all this stuff. Now, here's what I find Here's my question for you, though. I've never, I haven't heard anybody speculate about this until I'm about to speculate about it right now. But wouldn't it be interesting if the very leagues, aka the Pioneer League, that are looking at being axed, yeah, are also the leagues that happen to be in the geographic places where baseball would be actually able to be played with fans, right? And now all of a sudden, maybe, maybe, not saying it even makes sense, but instead of being a rookie A league, you're a double A or triple A sure, league sure. because we're just an independent league. Or just, just keeping baseball going. But I'm just saying, like this season, sure. where they're like, well, we we can't play baseball in Tacoma, Seattle, but we gotta have our triple A players playing somewhere against someone, heading out to Montana, sure. to Idaho, to whatever to play baseball. Now, I, I, again, I find that to be completely. Unlike they haven't heard anybody say it, but it is an it's an interesting circumstance because you are talking about nationwide now for this all to happen, and there's places that can do it, and there's other places that can't. Yeah, I mean, I've thought about this a lot. I don't really know much of the financials of the Osprey or Billings Mustangs, for example. But if rookie league play was if the rookie league level was eliminated across the board, that doesn't mean the teams have to be eliminated. You if you if the ownership independently had the money to operate. It would be a challenge to fill the roster, a little bit of a challenge to fill the roster. But there are Indian, there are independent league teams. I think there's like half a dozen independent. Absolutely, and you and you could totally do it. So I've thought about this a lot too. If it's just so hard when you're directly affiliated with the major league club, and there's going to be no transition in that this summer, but maybe next summer if there's no rookie league, if the Paddleheads or the Mustangs or any of the Pioneer League teams had the money, they could continue to operate. They certainly could down the road, and I think that's a very... Especially because, like, with Missoula, for example, they lease the stadium from the city, so they are paying that cost. The Diamondbacks are not paying that cost. I, and I think that option is certainly an open one uh, for this... For, for these, but I'm talking about this year. What if it is the Tacoma Rainiers that are the sure. Missoula Rainiers? Right. Because they can't play baseball in Tacoma. So you bring them out here, you play AAA baseball, and then you do what? Blow it all up. 
That was your Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week. For nothing, Major League Baseball. Thanks for absolutely nothing. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We'll take a quick break on the other side. Our senior spotlight, Abe Johnston, going to join us. We'll see if we can get the microphone all the way up to his mouth right after this. Hey, this weekend it's here, and I am so pumped to get out in the yard and pick up all of that dog poop. Said no one ever. It accumulates, doesn't it? The dog waste in your yard. If it has you feeling down in the dumps, call Montana Pooper Scoopers. Montana Pooper Scoopers offers one-time and weekly dog waste removal, both for families and businesses. It's at a price anyone can afford. Whether you've got three Great Danes or one Chihuahua, Montana Pooper Scoopers is up for the job. Put down the bag. Visit MontanaPooperScoopers.com and enjoy your extra free time. And right now, mention this ad. Receive 25 bucks off your initial service. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 